Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Everybody, welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, and I could not be more delighted that you have trouble finding decent programming to watch on the internet, and yay for horrible choices. I am one co-host, the co-host with the most, Steve Olivas, and that's my sidekick, ha! the co-host with the second most, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell, and James, man, I, the celebrity among us, absolutely. How are you doing today, sir? I'm your sidekick now. Is that uh, is that how we're going to go with this? <laughs> I, think, I called you that like like the very first or second podcast. I can't. Or I called you. Oh, it wasn't my sidekick. I called you my guest. Yes. Like one of the very first ones, and that just sent you off into a rant. We went. Uh, we were going to go into this as equals, and all of a sudden, it was your <laughs> podcast, and I was the I was the interloper here. So we had uh, we had to set the record straight. The other yeah. record I want to set straight this week, though, is we had a thirty second pre production meeting while I struggled to get my program to boot up, and yeah. you said nothing uh, went wrong at the ranch this week. Nothing went wrong at the ranch. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I put a two minute video up every day, like a vlog mm -hmm. on my social media platforms. And uh, it, content is never a problem because there's always something going wrong that I'm able to put up. And uh, yesterday to put up today, because I'm not at home today, I'm at the office. So I always record Mondays a day early, but I did uh, a vlog on how we're going to have to replace parts of the driveway because the 20 or 30 ton cement mixers uh, started tearing the crap out of the blacktop. But uh, that's sort of been there since we had concrete poured several months ago. And it's just uh, kind of, a, well, let's fill some time with this and make it seem like it's more of a disaster than it actually is. Because, James, I got no disasters. I mean, your life in general is kind of just a disaster. I, I don't know that we need a specific breaking one, but what's going on with the driveway then? The uh, it just it, the whole didn't you just get it replaced? No, we got so it, this was actually my reference point with regard to cost. So the driveway, and I swear to God, whoever first put the driveway in, the original owner of the house, probably spent well into six figures to get the blacktop because it's all asphalt from the road all the way to the house, but. We got like a little pad put next to the existing driveway to sort of make it even with the house. That pad costs 4000 bucks. I can't imagine when you extrapolate that to the entire length and width of the driveway how much the original one cost. But we've got several large areas that need to be ground down, like uh, just taken out completely and then replaced. And I cringe to think about if we ever do replace those parts of the driveway, which is coming. Like uh, they're deteriorating and the winter didn't help. But I, I, I can't imagine what it's going to cost to replace those chunks. This reminds me of a story I got from my father-in-law recently. He, uh, mm. he said one thing you never loan to anybody is a chainsaw, which just sounds like a, a very uh, a weird man law to have in place. Apparently he lives by this rule. He used to, uh, he used to run a hardware store and he loaned out a chainsaw to somebody and the guy went 
Or no, no, he didn't loan. I guess he sold the chainsaw to him, but they came back with it and tried to get the warranty to replace it. They had used the chainsaw to edge their asphalt driveway. They thought the edges oh of their God. asphalt driveway were uneven, <laughs> and they took it up and down the side. And uh, not surprisingly, that uh, that messed it all up. And I thought maybe it just messed up the chain, which is easy to replace. Apparently, it, it gunked up everything inside of it, too. So if you want to wreck a chainsaw really quick, <laughs> use it for non-chainsaw things like uh, asphalt touch-ups. Why not? Now, the guys that do that touch-up, they have like a big circular saw, but it's not shaped like a circular saw. But that's the kind of blade they use to cut out asphalt. Yeah, but it's not like a, a chainsaw meant for trees, though, I would imagine. I would imagine it's, although it might look similar to untrained eyes for you or I, I'm sure the mechanics of it are completely different. No, I'm talking about a complete, no, the the circular saw blade is, it's like a pie tin. Okay. You're talking about a chainsaw that has literally a bike chain, bicycle yes. chain going yes. around it. Yeah. No, it's like a the pie tin blade. Gotcha. Did they, but you. <laughs> yeah. The part that you added was concrete, though, not asphalt. No, we added asphalt. Oh, you added asphalt. You were you were consistent with your materials, but the the garage though has that has concrete at the bottom. You don't put asphalt in buildings. That would be that would correct. be concrete, correct? All right, look at yeah. look at us discussing building materials. Nobody cares about <laughs> this. This podcast just falls apart when your life isn't falling apart, and that's that's on you. You've got to take one for the team and make more stuff go wrong or else we're just going to be sitting here talking about how life isn't terrible. And people don't want to hear that. They don't want to root for us, Steve. They want to root against us, mainly <laughs> against you. I remember a concrete story from like 20 years ago, maybe even a little over 20 years ago when my daughter was real little. Yeah. She had a, a pool party at somebody's house. I don't remember, but I ended up taking her. And uh, it was all moms and little kids, and there was one dude, and he looked like the Incredible Hulk. Huge guy, had like uh, the brush cut and the aviator shades, and looked like he just gave an F, like one of those kind of faces. Yeah. And uh, I was so happy to see another dad. I walked up and introduced myself. Hey, I'm Steve. I'm uh, my daughter's dad, and how do you do? And uh, or I said, What's, what, uh, whose dad are you or something? And he said, like, Brian. And I said, oh, oh, Brian, yeah, yeah, what, uh, so what do you do for a living? And uh, he didn't even look at me. He just said, concrete. <laughs> and uh, that was my cue to just float away and talk to the moms, which is what I end up doing every time anyway, James. But concrete guys, not necessarily the loquacious conversationalists that you and I are. I recently discovered that I have like a huge chunk of my extended family in the concrete business and I had oh. no idea. <laughs> I just, I, I guess, you know, I, I have like 50 million cousins and they're flung all over to the corners of the earth. And I have some that I don't see for like decades at a time. But I recently discovered that two cousins and their dad, they have a, they have a concrete business and they go and they will, they will repour your basement or your garage or anything like that. You know, the guys you can't get to show up and desperately depend on, like that's them. <laughs> But they're they're not anywhere near Tennessee. They're in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, but it's uh they, it's good work, I guess. And they are uh they are big bulky guys, but they uh so I, I think I think the key to bodybuilding is just to uh to get in the concrete business. You don't even need a gym membership. And apparently I'll it's all you, yeah, go ahead. Our concrete guy, the one we use here, greatest guy in the world. But uh he is a former UFC fighter. What? And he was a pretty good one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is built like Ram Man. If you ever watched He-Man, 
uh, when you were a kid, James. I think you're in about that age. You might be a little young to have watched He-Man. But there was a, or Ben Grimm, the thing from the Fantastic Four. Like, that's this dude. He is short. He's almost as wide as he is tall, and he doesn't have any fat on him, if you know what I'm saying. Tatted up all over the place. I think he went through rehab, which is why he needed to get a job. And now he found the Lord, and he's the nicest guy in the world. But, dude, I would not mess with this guy. Like, he is enormous. Well, I feel like you shouldn't mess with concrete guys in general because they're the ones who are going to make a body disappear. Like, you know, when they're looking for Jimmy Hoffa, it's like, well, where could they be? Well, they just poured this large, mysterious concrete slab. Let's go, you know, jackhammer through that and see what's underneath. I mean, seriously, though, if you just like under normal circumstances without like an FBI warrant, if you stick something down and then you lay down a concrete slab and throw up a pole bar, nobody is ever going to find that thing. Wasn't there rumor that uh, the the uh, the workers that are building like the main soccer stadium in Qatar are if the workers die they just sort of roll them into the mix and pour them into the stadium? I don't know if that's uh, like uh, like uh, oh, what is uh, the not fake news, but there's a more a more formal concept, a more formal. Yeah, I don't know if it, like it. An, an urban legend, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. That's sort of what I'm saying. I don't know if that's just an urban legend or what, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've heard horrible things about the working conditions over there. I know that uh, we used to watch some of those History Channel shows, Modern Marvels, where they just talk about big stuff that's been built. And like the Hoover Dam, I think there might be people inside of that. Now, I can't, I can't say that for sure. You'd think surely in the mo modern age, building something like that, they'd pull you out. But I mean, it's... You you get a construction project like that. They're like, oh, we expect this many people to die. It's like, wow, I would not take that job. Like anything that's going to have a casualty list, um, no. You know, I do, uh, I type for a living. And uh, if if there were a casualty <laughs> list for typing, I would be out of there so fast. I'll go, go be a oh, mailman James, or something. You know, that's what actuarials do. They try to figure out how many people, well, that's not all they figure out, but I will bet there's a number. If you're going to put a skyscraper up in downtown Lincoln, Nebraska, I will bet there's an over-under that an actuarial has figured out to help adjust the insurance rate of how many people are probably going to get injured and die on this project. I'll bet that number exists. I, I'm sure it does. And the number goes up or down depending on where you live. I know I was watching a, a similar show about building a dam in, uh, I don't remember where, it was someplace with a lot of rocks. And the rocks were, were falling. And they're like, yeah, so yesterday a rock <laughs> fell on this guy and killed him. So, you know, today... Try not to let a rock fall on you. And it's like, all right, this is a, this is a motivational <laughs> speech. I will, I will try <laughs> not to get crushed by a rock. <laughs> Zero days since a rock fell on someone and killed them. But they're looking forward to flipping that to one tomorrow. You know, I think the same thing every time. So there's a, there's a factory I drive by, and it has a huge banner outside that says, like, 450 days since we've had a workplace accident. And you'd think that'd make you feel safe. But honestly, <laughs> all that makes everybody wonder is what happened 400 151 days ago that you were so pro proud about not repeating like what horrific injury was that please tell me and uh i would just say you know you just think it you think too it also it's like well it's been 450 days since this has happened like they're due like this is gonna happen again <laughs> you know i look at that 459 you're looking at it backwards i'm looking at it forwards thinking you are pulling back the slingshot of fate further and further mm -hmm. and further when you start posting that stuff. I used to talk, I had a joke about that in my show where 
schools are just a numbers game where you get that many kids together for that amount of time. Someone is going to get injured at some point, and every few years you're going to have a bad one. Mm -hmm. And I, I, everyone kind of relates to that because it's funny because it's true. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, so... I don't think I told this story on the podcast, not that it matters because nobody listens to this, but I did write about it in my newsletter, which people actually do read sometimes. So so forgive me if this is, if this is re 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 uh, a repetition for people, but uh, did I tell you the story about my, uh, my kid's teacher falling in the hall? I think you did. It's been... Um... It's not been a year. It's okay. been within the last year, right? Uh, yeah, or I don't know. It might have been last year. Who knows? Yeah, she was just walking down the hall and tripped over a doorstop and fell and broke her nose and broke a rib in front of like 30 kids just like right there <laughs> next to her. <laughs> like, how traumatic is that? I mean, first of all, you, you don't realize like how much just a small fall can really mess you up. Like if you don't catch yourself just falling as an adult, you can just crush your own face. Uh, it's the same reason that trampolines are so dangerous. It's not the up and down. It's the fact that trampolines are like three feet off the ground. So if you fall those three feet off the ground at full speed, you, you break everything because our, our bones are fragile. We are fragile creatures and we are easily crushed by falling rocks. And that is your dismotivational statement for the day. Woo. You know, and uh, I'm just thinking back on that teacher falling in front of 30 kids. Like I've I've been hit and had my nose broken twice pretty badly, and those things bleed like a mofo. So I can't imagine the geyser that erupted from this teacher that is now haunting the nightmares of all 30 of those kids. Holy cow. All right, now we need some how Steve broke his nose stories. So go ahead. <laughs> just like that, it's just like that big banner, 450 days. You can't put up 450 days until uh, 450 days since what? Like, that's the next question. <laughs> Both involve getting punched. Ooh. One was an accident playing football, and the other one was because of my buddy Brad's big mouth that uh, I got punched. But yeah, Kurt Radetzky got me um, in a tackle football game on Thanksgiving morning. That one literally pushed my nose under my right eye. And a wow. uh, little FYI, a f caveat to that story. Well, two caveats. One, uh, my buddy Steve Shuda picked me up off the ground. And I don't think I was unconscious because I kind of remember him doing this. But he looked at me and he said, your nose is confused. <laughs> and uh, they took me to the emergency room. <laughs> Where the doctor got me high on cocaine. What? Bet you didn't know that. They have liquid cocaine, pharmaceutical quality, that they put in a liquid solution. And when you break your nose, they put a little cotton swab in the solution and then stick it up your nose so that it, uh, it uh, cauterizes the little blood vessels and also dampens the pain. So I, I guess this happened because you went to the hospital in like 1920. Are you saying in 2022 <laughs> they still do this? I don't know. This was this was a different lifetime, man. I used to be a different person. But uh, yeah, it was uh, probably late 80s when that happened. And the doctor, God, this part, it almost feels like I was floating above my body because I didn't feel it, but I could hear. The doctor had to grab my nose and drag it back across my face, and oh. I could hear it sort of breaking and popping back into place. That... That could have been a worse day without the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs>
the second one started at a football game because my buddy Brad was getting irritated at these two twins that came to our neighborhood from the bad part of town. I've never seen them before. I've never seen them since. But Brad clotheslined one of them because they were getting a little mouthy and then got into a fight with one. And I had to jump in to take on the other one so that Brad wouldn't get his ass kicked by a two-on-one situation. <laughs> and I got my bell rung. And I remember, man... He hit me, and I recoiled back, and then I came forward. Uh, the people watching will see what I'm doing here. And it was there was snow on the ground, and I remember this gush of blood flying out, and all of the snow was red in front of where I was standing. <laughs> and I don't know how Brad was faring on his side of the fight, but uh, the two twins, I think, hightailed it the hell out of there, and Brad... I remember he threw me in his car and he was like peeling out to get me to the little clinic in McGuanago, Wisconsin. And uh, he hauled my ass in there. They took one look at me and said, get him to the hospital, which was like 25 minutes away. So we had to go over to Waukesha Memorial Hospital. And uh, I actually don't remember that visit. I that was another bad day, James. You know, you see movies where guys are in fights and they're getting punched and punched and punched and the fight lasts like six minutes. I'm like, man, the fights I've been in have been literally less than a minute long and it always ends with someone getting his ass kicked. Like, when you go down, you're down. You don't get back up and go, hey, man, hey, man, no, I just, yeah, hold me back. Like, that ain't how it works, man. You get hit in the face once. I don't know if you've ever been punched in the face, James, but that'll slow you down. Oddly enough, I have been punched in the face. Not until recently. I've never been in any fight in my life. Not my... until recently? Well, yeah, until recently. I, I joined a martial arts class, and I'm really bad oh. at it. So now, now I get hit in the face all the time. <laughs> <You> should... <laughs> People are wearing gloves, usually, usually. But actually, I, t I tend to get hurt the most when we're not wearing gloves. When it's just stuff like you're just learning moves and dipping and dodging, and it's like, okay, you're not supposed to hit it, so they're just kind of they're kind of throwing their hands kind of at you, but you're supposed to dodge or deflect, and they're not going real hard. And I had one the other day. There's this guy. I don't know. Every time you, I go up against somebody, there's always you always got to find some advantage. It's like, okay, this guy's better than me. He knows the moves better than me, but I'm taller than him or I'm stronger than him or I better cardio than him. But I went up against this guy, and he's like 6'5", and he's been doing it for 10 years, and he's stronger than me, and he's faster than me. He's got longer reach. like concrete for a living. Everything about him is just better than me in every possible way. And I'm like, well, crap. But I mean, we're go Again, we're going easy. He's just, he's just trying to teach me. But even going easy, I'm still getting hit, and it still kind of hurts, and I don't really want to say anything but at one point he goes and he throws an uppercut and i'm supposed to like you know not be there when the uppercut gets there that's the point of the exercise and somehow instead of like ducking to the side i kind of just like duck my face into it i just take this uppercut clean to the lip and i got cut on both sides of it i got cut on the back of my lip because i got punched into my teeth and i got cut in the front from his fist it's like man I just and he, he can't even be mad at the guy. It's like it's my own fault. Like clearly my job was to not be there and I was there. That's that's my biggest my biggest weakness is I take up space is I have physical matter that can be hit. Although I uh I, I returned the favor to somebody else uh a week ago and that felt even worse. We were doing another drill 
and uh, I, I'm in one of the more advanced classes, not because I'm good, I'm, I'm terrible, but I've just been there so long that eventually, they, if they keep taking your money, they just kind of have to keep moving you <laughs> along. But I went there that night for one of the advanced classes, and there was nobody else. They just throw me in the beginner class. I'm like, all right, good, this is going to be you know a, an easier night. And we're doing this drill, and it involves you got to throw an elbow backwards. You're not supposed to actually hit the guy. Again, you're just supposed to you know kind of go through the motions, because there's really no way to safely elbow somebody in the face. Well, when I was fake elbowing somebody in the face, I definitely really elbowed him in the face. Like I, and I didn't get him that hard. Like I got him on the chin, but it was enough to like snap his teeth together. And he immediately oh left the room and he thought I chipped his tooth. And I was like, well, now I feel terrible. Like I didn't, when I, when I messed up and got punched in the face, I'm like, well, I, you know, at least I, I, I only hurt myself. But this time I like, oh no, I cracked this guy's tooth out. I've, 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 I've cracked a tooth in half before. It's the worst feeling in the world. He came oh. back a few minutes later though. He didn't think it was actually his tooth. He like had like a permanent retainer on the bottom and he thought I oh, knocked geez. it loose and clicked the, the glue loose. So anyway, now I have to, next time I go to class, I have to never make eye contact with that guy again. So that's <laughs> yeah, shuffle past him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy, I had one of those accidental punches when I was in a play that, uh, and there's a picture of it in my high school yearbook because the yearbook staff was there taking pictures that day during our dress rehearsal. And uh, what had to happen was uh, Dave Justin was the name of the kid that got me. He was supposed to grab me and turn me so I was facing my shoulder away from the audience. Mm -hmm. And then I grabbed his wrist. And what I was supposed to do, and I'm doing a visual here, is hold my hand open so the audience couldn't see it. And he was supposed to punch and hit my hand so that it looked and sounded like he was hitting me in the face because the audience was just going to kind of see this part of me, right? Except Dave Justin, not necessarily the martial artist that James Breakwell is, <laughs> he miscalculated the distance between his fist and my hand, and he hit me square in the mouth. And there's a picture in the 1984 McGuanago High School yearbook of my head snapping back and my hair flying back, and Dave <laughs> Justin coming with his follow-through. And uh, I fell backwards and got up and did the next line, and everyone on the stage was staring at me because I was bleeding down my face and I didn't realize it at the time. But yeah, when your lips get hit like that, they swell pretty good pretty quickly. Yeah, you feel like you're talking with a slur for a day after that too. It's not it's not a good feeling, but props to you for doing the next line. But I, I wonder, was it, was, it, was it because you were so professional or you just didn't know what else to do at that point? It's the same thing, man. I'll bet when you got hit in the face, the next 10 to 15 seconds were a little disorienting for you, weren't they? Yeah, it was, uh, you don't quite know what happened. You know, something went horribly yeah, yeah, wrong. Yeah. You're not quite sure what. <laughs> like, that wasn't supposed <laughs> exactly to happen. right. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I, I, I think I'm so bad at that martial arts class is it's just, you know, in the fight or flight world, my instinct is just flight. <laughs> just my, my instinct for everything is like, you know what I should really do in this situation is not get hit in the face. And to like, to ever like actually win a fight, you've got to like, you're going to get hit in the face. You can't just like cower your face away. And it turns out if you cower away and somebody's coming at you, you're probably just going to hit more, get hit more because you're not stopping them from hitting you. So it's uh, it's a very counterintuitive thing. Actually, probably the best way to not get hit is just not sign up for a martial arts class. Like before you, before I signed up for that, I got hit zero percent of the time. I had a full survival rate. So there's there's your real advice for the day. Don't uh, don't sign up for places where they focus on hitting you in the face, and you will probably not get hit in the face then. 
Well, you've got a chipped tooth for your efforts. And uh, if you look closely, my nose is still crooked. And it's always hard for me to get sunglasses in particular that'll sit right on my face because my nose never quite grew back the correct way. But those are the battle scars of our youth, James. I should, uh, I should clarify one thing. I, I, I thought I cracked somebody else's tooth. My tooth did not get cracked from a fist fight. My tooth got cracked from a highly intense game of hide and seek. Oh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. It was wow. in fourth grade uh, before school. And for some reason, we decided to play hide and seek with our eyes closed. And, uh, you know, so we were supposed wow. to be, we we're just getting ready for school. And my sister, there's seven kids in my family at the time. There weren't seven. I think there were, there were still four at that point. I let my youngest sister at the time. She's, I don't know, but she's, she's six years younger than me, something like that. She was basically a toddler and I had her lead me around to try to find my brothers. And she tried to lead me around a corner. It was like a stub or it was a wall sticking out like a stub wall. And instead of leading me around the wall, she led me straight into it. And I smacked it with my face and cracked that, that front tooth like straight across <laughs> And so I walked in to uh, my mom holding half of my tooth, and oh, she was oh, furious. Jesus. And at the time, I didn't understand. It's like, don't, aren't you worried about me? Aren't you concerned about my health? But now having my own kids, it's like your, your first reaction is, oh, you idiot. What are you, what are you doing? Right now you did this? Like <laughs> just a completely unforced error. There was no reason for this game to exist. There was no reason for it to be played 10 seconds before school. Like None of this had to happen, yet we did all of these things. And yet still somehow when my kids mess up, I forget that I was 100 times worse than them in every possible way at that age. And at least they have not cracked out any of their teeth yet. <laughs> well, one thing you're not going to get watching this show is any kind of full contact anything. Because, uh, well, James and I have kind of crossed on the toughness continuum as I've gotten soft and he's gotten hard. <laughs> he's got those tattoos that tell him that that tell everyone else he was in like the Israeli special forces. Take that with you to the next week because I got to let you go right now. I'm a little bit scared of Breakwell, to be honest with you. Until we meet again, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. You better keep listening or Breakwell's going to show up at your house. And until we meet again, remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>